Hey, everybody. Welcome to the After Church Podcast, where we take what we hear on Sunday and we apply it to our lives on Monday. We are in a brand new series called Unexpected. This is lining up with our Advent season. We're going to be talking about unexpected hope, unexpected love, unexpected joy, and unexpected peace. And all of that, of course, is going to be found in Christ Jesus. And so uh, we're excited for this series. Today, I'm going to be joined by Gary Thompson from the South Campus and Kurt Petersheim from the East Campus. And we are going to jump into the podcast right now. everybody. Welcome to week one of the Unexpected series. This is our Advent uh, Christmas series. And just to get us started here today, we're going to talk about what Advent is. The word itself, Advent, uh, simply it comes from the, the Latin for, I think it's ad, Adventus or Adventus. Anyway, <laughs> it just means an arrival, a coming, it's an expectation. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the series we're in. We're expecting the birth of a Messiah, of Jesus. And we're going to get into more details all through the next four weeks as we discuss Advent. But today, I'm joined with uh, joined by Gary Thompson from the South Campus. Hello, hello. How are y'all? And Kurt Peterson from the East Campus. Hey, everybody. And we're just going to kind of jump in and start talking about what our uh, topic is for today. First of all, we, we're in Advent. Uh, we're lighting candles. So this is mm-hmm. kind of something new for Eastridge, but this is a traditional thing. Been done for, I don't know, maybe let's call it a couple hundred years, maybe. <laughs> um, but each candle represents uh, something. And so, Gary, why don't you just tell us what is week one? What are okay. we doing? Week one is a purple candle, and it is lit in uh, reference to or because of the prophets, referring back to the prophets, because they foretold about the birth of Christ. And that was all they had was this promise, this promise, the king is coming, uh, this king is coming. And so we uh, recognize their efforts and their uh, being used by God. Okay, so those prophets then are pointing to some attribute then of God. Kurt, what 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 is that point? Uh, this week we're talking about hope, um, and just the that that idea of these prophecies, like Gary's saying, of pointing forward, pointing to this promise of of God, this um, announcement that someone's coming, right, in the line of David, in the line of Abraham, like this this King of Kings, this Messiah uh, that was coming, and so the Jews were hopeful that the Messiah was going to show up at some point. They didn't know exactly when that was going to be, right. um, but obviously. We now look back as they were kind of looking forward. We're, we're looking back, but seeing, man, that hope is fulfilled in Christ. Right, right. Okay, so in in the um, prophecies you're talking about, this prophet candle, some of these prophecies are 700 or so years right. before Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. These these prophecies are announced, and then there's this expectation, this yeah, and, hope. And, and nothing happened. You, you know, for yeah. a long, you know, you talk about 700 years, like they, that's all, when they literally, that's all they had yeah. was that prophecy that it was going yeah. to happen that he's coming and then you just think about how their enthusiasm would just wane and then someone else would predict again <laughs> and they'd get fired up and then it would wane and then yeah. uh this cycle of just waiting uh for this king who is coming right yeah. and so we call this series unexpected um in this attention we're going to chase all through the series right. because there is this announcement uh, these prophecies and if they're that there's that time gap between them then there's a, there's some expectation, right? But what they're expecting, and certainly over 700 years, the stories change, and they're thinking, what are they looking for? And maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be this king riding in on a horse, or maybe it's going to be, you know, uh, someone who's going to rescue them militarily and set up a new kingdom. Yeah. 
on earth, like a kingdom right. of uh, a new government or whatever. Yeah, restore yeah. Jerusalem, all and, that. Yes. And so there's this expectation, but then when Jesus does come, boy, it's in a kind of an unexpected way. It's yeah. in this little baby. It's in this little town and all this stuff. And so teaching was different. Everything, yes. Mission was different. Mm-hmm. So let's look back then at, at yeah. uh, Isaiah is a good place for us to go today. That's the one we're going to be talking about in week one. Um, let's start with like Isaiah nine two and and hear what that okay. prophecy sounded like. It says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Mm. And, you know, he's talking about hopelessness. He's mm. talking about that people are walking in darkness because of sin, because of really like this lack of purpose, this lack of of belief um, that like we talked about, their belief or their excitement does wane. They're just in spiritual darkness. Yeah. And he, he uh, allocates that Jesus is light, light to darkness, that he is this light that is coming. And uh, we see the symbolism of this in in the Christmas story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they had uh, this written, first written into the Israelites, right? Like they're, they're turned their back on God Mm -hmm. and they're rebelling even. And Isaiah's going, you know, come back, (laughs) come back. Yeah. Um, You were making a a point earlier too about that light and darkness and how it is fulfilled maybe in the New Testament. Right, yeah. And um, to me, when I think of hope, I think that's the perfect picture of it, right? Light and darkness that just kind of living in this hopelessness, this... And and really, we see that throughout Scripture, darkness being sin, suffering, whatever it is, but sin being the main thing. Sure. Even the suffering that we that we experience in our lives or in the world, it's all due to the reality of sin and mm. and living in that. But Christ then coming and and what we're going to see in the nativity story of Jesus, um, one really simple illustration is the the magi, the wise men who come from such a long distance away, and um, Isaiah and other prophets make make prophecies even about them, about the nations coming to this one, this mm-hmm. Messiah, this King. And what do they follow? What do the wise men follow? They follow a light. Mm-hmm. They literally follow a, a star in the sky mm-hmm. of some sort that maybe it moves or maybe whatever it was that they they knew that they had to follow this thing mm-hmm. to get where they were going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up at. Bethlehem, you know, or in Jerusalem, and then they're asking around. They, they're pointed back to Bethlehem, and it even says in the the Matthew account of that when they're when they get there, they they rejoice so greatly mm-hmm. because they are finally where they were supposed to be. And mm-hmm. so it's just this beautiful picture of hopelessness to hope yeah. that comes mm-hmm. through the light and the darkness. And that's yeah. Christ in, in in the night, uh, the the silent night, right? Like it was probably <laughs> all but silent. But in the darkness, there's this this light that shines, yeah. and that is what radiates, and that's what draws them in. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, visual. Then and I know Isaiah keeps going in, in yeah, uh, verse six and seven of chapter nine. You want to grab that? Yeah. So he says this in verse 6, Isaiah 9, 6. He says, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, and this is sort of the famous little Christmas passage here, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Mm. Yeah. So where do we see that then fulfilled? I mean, yes, we we look back and go, yeah, Jesus was a <laughs> he was the yeah. child that was born, he was the yeah. son given to us, but that that government, that authority rests on his shoulders. He came mm-hmm. seemingly meek and mild and as a baby. Yeah. Like what, what's, what's going on here? Well, in Matthew chapter one, first of all, I mean, you just see it and Matthew literally 
quotes it and mm-hmm. and and right. says it at the end of chapter one, where he says in verse twenty two, all this took place. He's talking about the the, the birth of Jesus mm-hmm. and Mary conceiving and giving birth. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm-hmm. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name. Jesus. So Matthew gives us straight commentary there on <laughs> prophet Isaiah. That's that's Matthew's goal throughout his gospel is I want to show you Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Jewish King of Kings, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so he starts it off right there, giving us a very clear answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the government being on his shoulders. I, saying that he he's he's the he's the eternal king. Mm-hmm. He's the government that we're, we're not looking for answers <laughs> in a governor gov- right. or government that he's the answer. He's the one you're looking for. It's yeah. eternal that he has. The, the ability, he's the wise counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. When he talks about those things, that, uh, he will rule with justice and fairness. And yeah. uh, that's what they were looking for. So he's, he's telling us, don't look to your earthly government. Mm-hmm. Look to Jesus. That's, mm-hmm. and so that's why that's there. But then it would be better. It will be right, better exactly. than any government. Yeah. Yeah. And right. at the very end of Jesus' life, he himself says it about himself in Matthew 28, where he says, all authority right. in heaven and earth has been given to me. And me. then the apostles continue that in their yeah. letters of, is Jesus. He's got all authority. We follow him. So, yeah, we definitely see that theme in, in the Gospels and throughout the New Testament mm-hmm. that he is, he is that. And that gives us hope. It does. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because these other things have failed us. They always let us down. <laughs> yeah. That's still all right. It's just a little funny. It's I know. Like, even does even, the government, yeah, even, it, like it, it even pastors. It yeah. ain't about, it, it, oh, you know, gosh. just, yeah. you know, it's not about, you know, pastoral authority either, which I, I know there's some biblical parts of that, but the, if it's not Jesus, you're always going to be let down. You're always going to be disappointed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Pastor yep. will let you down. The church will let you down. Yes. The government's going to let you down. Yeah. The stuff you buy on the shelves is going to let you right. down. Your f- favorite football team might let you down. Your <laughs> baseball team might let you down. Your family might <laughs> let you down. <laughs> um, well, anyway, from each one of these uh, messages, and, and, and this one particularly being about this hope that comes, this hope that comes in Christ, um, and Jesus gives us that hope in his birth itself, but you know, once his um, his birth, his his death on the cross, and then his resurrection, um, he gives us a hope like inside us, right? Mm-hmm, this hope mm-hmm. that lives in us in the Holy Spirit. And so we want to kind of take away both um, in the adult services and with our kids. We're all having like one action step for each week that we can yeah. take away and actually go and try to do something. And uh, and this one's this one's tough, a tough one to get yeah. started on. <laughs> uh, is that think of someone you know. That is hopeless. It's feeling that hopelessness. Yeah. And then do something, and whatever that do something may be different for everybody, but when you right. know someone who has this hopeless feeling, do something that will show them or give them just a glimmer of hope. And that hopefully being you're acting out of what Christ is leading you to do. Right. Um, just, I mean, for a second, would that be an action step? Maybe you have some ideas, but could you just speak on what, what that hopelessness is You know, like? I was thinking about it. Um, for me— um, one of them, I didn't, I didn't brand it hopelessness at this time in my life. My parents got divorced when I was 10 and I got shipped out to West Virginia to live with my aunt, moved away from all our friends. And I won't, I won't go into long detail, but I was hopeless. Mm-hmm. Like I was hopeless. My parents, they, they, you know, they weren't Christians and their lives were totally messed up at that time. And, and I, it, it felt dark. Like that's what hopelessness feels like to me. It's dark. It feels like there's no way out. There's no answer. Yeah. Um, and so I, that was the, f- looking back in my life, that was the first time I felt like I experienced hopelessness. Mm. Yeah. 
and it's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And so you you're just talking about that darkness. I just want to lean in just for a second, and yeah. I know you don't want to tell you don't have to tell all your business, but like what what does that? You, you said it feels like darkness. Was there any other word you can put on it that just felt like death? Yeah, I mean, if you know, it felt like a part of my life had died, mm-hmm. and it turned me inward, like um, low self-esteem, uh, inward in, you know, you know, not trusting or not, mm-hmm. not, not believing or, or being excited. I don't know. Just, it, mm-hmm. it just felt like my world had crashed. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason I ask is because I we went through a similar experience. Okay. I didn't get shipped off, but my parents divorced when I was 12. And right. uh, I know that feeling right. of uh, maybe it's grief, you yes. know, that's like yeah. something's, Something now has changed forever, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to, I'm not faulting my parents or anything. No, yeah, no, 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 watch no. this, but, but I certainly understand, but you still can't take away the consequences it is that happens. Sure. And I think that's that, that like heaviness you were saying, darkness right. yeah. in, in the, the lessness of hopelessness. Yeah. It's like the state of being nothing. There's right. nothing yeah. that can help. Right. And, and nothing's going to change. That's what. And like you're kind of sharing, and I guess all of us have had divorce in our family, so that's mm. one thing. But it's like you, you, this feeling where it's like nothing's going to change here. Right. Nothing can be different than what it is now. Like that's hopelessness. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I see that in the story too of like how the Jews were living. You were talking about hundreds of years of like because of their disobedience, but just living in captivity or con- conquest and war and just destruction and all the things that were going wrong. It's like, is this ever going to change? Yeah. And mm-hmm. even when they were fired up for the Lord, because he didn't come for so long, they just lost, they just, they <laughs> lost sure. it, which I, I get, yeah. I get where yeah. I'd be like, man, this ain't happening. We've been waiting for, for what, 30, 40 years. Let's, let's go do something else. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just, if you just like think, when you think of 700 years, that's a ridiculous amount of time right. to us. We can't comprehend it. If we just like from what we can read and History books and the pictures we see or drawings of just like the Declaration of Independence just for America 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. 200 years ago, you had people in powdered wigs and funny looking attire right. speaking a weird dialect of English. Like think that times three <laughs> for a group right. of people who are sure. waiting on this king yeah. to come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that darkness must get mm. pushed. Yeah. Just deeper and deeper and thick to where you can't even move in it. It's like molasses. It's like, yeah. where will there be hope? Yeah. And for me, I, I think back to really like my teenage life and high school in particular, right? And I remember getting to a place where I was a junior in high school, 17 probably. And um, honestly, in a, in a worldly sense, felt like I had gotten what I wanted mm-hmm. out of life at that point. Um as, as far as like whatever a 17 year old boy thinks he wants and mm-hmm. um, what's going to make you popular and fulfilled and whatever. And I remember very vividly that it was that, it was that fall, winter, sometime in there when I was 17 years old. And just, I remember a specific night where I don't know what happened. I have no idea. Um, like if there was some specific event that happened, but I just remember having a night where I was like looking in the mirror, just thinking, this is all pointless. Mm. Like everything's pointless. And genuinely having that same feeling of just like lostness and darkness and what am I doing? What is life about? Why? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's probably the most tangible time of hopelessness I I remember feeling. And I will say, um, seeing God bring me out of that on the backside uh, is incredible now. Mm -hmm. But man, just having... That's that's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I think hopelessness. Hopelessness. To me, there's nothing worse. Nothing. I'm glad yeah. you said it, Kurt, because 
It is absolutely because you just feel like there's no way out. Yeah. yeah. And hopelessness at its end is death. Yes. Yeah. And and when you're in that kind of pain and no way out, the but that looks attractive then, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. let's, that sure. will be an end to it right. if I just I don't can, breathe yes, anymore. Yes. Um, so in these moments of just suffocating uh, hopelessness, you know, that kind of was our first question, just experience this time, maybe uh, describe a time that you felt this kind of hopelessness. The second question would be equally important for us as believers. What what did you learn? Like, you, you can't ignore the weight of it. That was real. And and you may go through it again. And, and I know plenty of people who are watching this have felt that feeling and might be feeling it right now. What spark of hope did you get? Like, what? I can speak to it. Mine, mine was really clear is that um, we moved back to Virginia with my mom and this family that we had met through uh, Little League Baseball heard my parents got divorced and and they came over to where mom lived and invited us to go to church. And for the next probably six or seven years, they would pick us up hmm. and take us to church. And it was my first exposure to the gospel hmm. and yeah. my first exposure to somebody loved me. Hmm. And I didn't, didn't click right away. I didn't accept Christ. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm just telling you, but I, I look back on that time and think that was a light hmm. in my life that yeah. I, I wasn't, my, like so my parents were still struggling. I wasn't able to get from them, mm-hmm. um, that, but I got it. The Lord sent somebody else. Yeah. And, and you could see, and I guess they're believers. And yeah. so you oh, yeah. could see the hope of Christ in them. And that little, just that. Absolutely. They were was... different. They were different people. They, uh, he worked, Willie worked for the shipyard. I never heard him. I never heard him pray out loud, hardly at all, but he loved Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't teach Bible class. He loved Jesus. Gracie, his wife. I know I'm spending a lot of time here, but yeah, uh, that's good. I'm just. She taught our Sunday school class. They were just, they just, they had joy. They loved me. They loved, they loved God. They weren't weird. <laughs> and for, for years, listen, this is the funny part. They would come to our house. I've told the story. They'd come to our house and look, we'd overslept because my parents weren't going. My mom, you know, we live my mom and we just say we overslept. You'd think they wouldn't come back or they'd come and knock on the door the next week. We don't want to go. You'd think they, they never gave up. Yeah, they awesome. never gave up. And yeah. I saw uh, Gracie uh, this past April, went to her house in North Carolina. Just thanked her again. I mean, because she shared the gospel with me. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, for me, um, like I said, just really in that time I was in in, in high school, it, I'm glad that this is a question because I have just a super specific answer to it. Um, I got in a lot of trouble. I made some bad decisions and uh, got in trouble with my dad and had to, you know, uh, I, I guess I had plans probably. It was around like Halloween time. I remember that. And so I had I had plans to go do whatever and I got in trouble and got grounded and I had to come to the church for the church's Halloween party, right? Or whatever it was like a fall festival. This church church was doing. Yes. Yes. Funny too. (laughs) Um, and I didn't want to be there and I got there and my dad was like, you're going to help out serving on the, like the little jumpy thing for the little kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 17 years old. I don't want to be there. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm a nice enough guy. And I'm like, I can, you know, hang out with some kids. I'm not going to like, I don't know, whatever. So I'm just hanging out. And, uh, I didn't have any like church friends. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Um, I had friends at church that I didn't have people that I went to church with that I really loved and loved me and that we hung out and, and did things together in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed that night. Mm-hmm. And I became like, we just became better friends. I ended up getting this whole group of friends, Brandon, Daniel, Ashley McCart, Jacob Fry, you know, like different mm-hmm. friends that were in the church at that time that all of a sudden I had this new community mm-hmm. and it really was, it was like this moment in life where God had put me in, I really like put me in some darkness because I needed to be just like the Israelites at times. And then brought his light and the gospel and love and hope and all that stuff through the community of the church. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, it was incredible. I mean, really, it was a, it was a time in my life that just transformed mm-hmm. my entire direction of life mm-hmm. and awesome. and all of that. So yeah, super cool the way God does that. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Trey? It mine would have been a long season of learning. Um, just what was God teaching? I don't think I knew at the time. You know what He was teaching me. Uh, from you know going to some some counseling later, I probably can look back now and go, okay, I see how God used that. And um, mm-hmm. uh, you know we we can get our view of the Father's love from our own Father. Uh, and I had a very loving Father, but then He was just gone. You know, and it was like, uh, or or it was sporadic. You know, it wasn't every day anymore. Now it's on every other weekend or yeah. whatever. And um, I think it took me a long time to learn that the Father loves differently than the than the best versions of what we can do mm. right uh he he just he never misses he's never gone he's not you don't see him every other weekend like we might live our lives where well i'll just see him on the weekend mm. when i get to church <laughs> that's yeah. when i'll talk to god it's like man the father's love is so much richer and deeper than that that it, it it's just it's everything you really are him you're you're, mm. you're with him and and christ in us and um, it just, it took me a while though to get that. Like I, I, I probably wallowed in the darkness a little longer yeah. uh, than I should have. And I wasn't in church. I mean, we weren't really sure. church goers. We'd go occasionally. And, but once I could drive and could drive to the church, I think I then found what you found, uh, that community of, sure. of people who were pouring into you and, and you give, you know, speaking truth that I had just, yeah. you know, was trying to find on my own. So. Yeah, it was so amazing. And I think all of our stories kind of hit this as like, you're living in that dark place, a hopeless place, or whatever. And then however God brings that light in through through a, a lady who shares the gospel mm-hmm. or through friendships, community, or whatever that looks like. But yeah, we can still wallow in that darkness a little while longer, but sure. the light has come. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like the light's right. there. Yeah. And it's no longer the same hopelessness at that point, right? Because, man, God's done something. Mm-hmm. And then you just have people in your life or whoever that is and whatever that truth is and however God has shown his light in your in your heart and your life, that he just continues to draw you out. Yeah. And until you're just walking in the book, light. Kurt, yeah. We think things change Im- immediately. Yeah. They rarely do. Yeah. Right. But that light is there. It's you, there. And you, you you can't it's there. You're seeing it. You're wondering, could this be real? Mm-hmm. Is it is this is this true? Like, could I really bank my life on this? Mm-hmm. Could this change my life? And and it does it it, it does change everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and, the, and it reminds me of the saying, and maybe cliche, but that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So if if you're in a uh, like if you picture the whole train under the mountain deal, and you're so far on the other end of the tunnel that all you see is just the tiniest little flicker of light. That's that's true light. It's sunlight. It's real deal. But from where you are, it's pitch black here, and I can barely see a speck. If I can see a speck. Yes. I know it's real. I know there's light there. And I can walk to it. Yep. That's right. Check <laughs> it, it out. Yeah. If it gets snuffed out, then yeah. I have no hope. There yeah. doesn't seem to be yeah. any hope there. And the Bible's so filled with this light and darkness imagery. Mm-hmm. But the closer, though, the closer I walk out of that gloom and darkness yeah. to the light that's at the end of the tunnel, the brighter it gets, yeah. the more Bigger. around me yeah. is, yeah. you know, I can see it. And then once you burst forth into it, that's a whole new day. Yeah. yeah. The darkness is now behind you. Yeah. Hmm. So. Well, all right, so that's really question one and two is just the the, the hopelessness right. we felt before, what we might have learned in it. But then the last question for today really is then, th- these seasons still come. Absolutely. Like, they can still come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you sense this, that hope is maybe fading, or maybe when, when you experience the hopeless feeling again, because you felt it, so you know what that coldness feels like, and you feel it kind of coming around you, what do you do? What do you do to remember the hope that you have in Christ? Is, is mm-hmm. it as simple as just... 
dunk, dunk, dunk. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Like, what is it that I, triggers it? To give an answer outside of read your Bible and pray, which is the answer always, right. but um, to to go a little further, maybe um, for me, it's like fighting for community is part of that because, like I said, it's part of my story, and I, I think. If I didn't answer this question, part of two was was like, what did I learn? It was it was that it was like, man, I I can have a tendency to shut myself off, mm-hmm. build up walls. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was back then. Of like, I don't want people to know me, and I don't care to know people. Like, I just want to put up a facade or a mask or whatever that mm-hmm. is. So for me, it's just being absolutely vigilant towards being in community with God's people mm. and you know what I mean? Being in the word and being in prayer and knowing who he is. Absolutely. But we know him better through his community, through mm-hmm. his church, through his body. You've said fighting for yeah. community. You've said yeah. vigilant about community. So like, what does that really mean? Like you really Just, don't want to go to church. You don't want to be in growth, growth group. Like what is it? that? <laughs> Not always. Like, especially growth group and things like that for me, where it's like more personal, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to be in a crowd, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was definitely in high school. Like I could be in a crowd, I got but you. like you could hide in the crowd. I don't want people to know me and I don't want to know, like, I don't want to get into life with people because that's hard or work, I guess. And, or, 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 you know, if they know me, they won't really love me, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you can't be loved if you're not known. And that's the kind of lesson I've continued to learn throughout life. And that is my tendency to, Mm -hmm. to just go, um, like I said, we'll just kind of put up the wall and put up the Mm -hmm. facade and just be very shallow or be very, um, superficial Mm -hmm. with, how you people in my life, in my in my relationship, even even my wife, even my family, mm. like whatever it is, whatever relationship. Um, so yeah, that's that's one thing for me, just fighting for that hope in in the sense of letting God work in His Word and in prayer, but work work through His people, work mm. through the church, um, and be known mm-hmm. and and know people. So, so you would put a high priority on being present with the body of absolutely. believers, <laughs> absolutely. Sundays, Wednesdays, whenever. Yes. What do you think? What? Mine is exactly the same. That, that. that my lesson I've learned that I'm learning right now is live in community. You talked about I can exist in a crowd. I can yeah. exist in community. Yeah. But to live in community, I've got to be transparent. Yeah. That I've got to want to be known. I've got to want to know others. And it's not that I don't want to do it. But so I don't know. Sometimes I think that we we are comfortable where we're at with the distance we are, with the closeness we have for other people. I know their name. I know where they're from, everything like that. And we think that's community. No, that's not community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 um, we need people. And I'll say this on Sunday. We need people who are pulling with us. Yep. If I'm trying to follow Christ, sometimes they're pulling me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm pulling it, but we're pulling together yeah. and you only get that in community. And, and to me that, 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 reading your Bible, prayer, absolutely. That's important. Go to church, uh, worship songs, uh, whatever, but you need people around you. You need people around you who give you hope. They do. They give you hope, but even yeah. just by being around them, it, it is supernatural. That's why Jesus said, we're two of the three are gathered. You know, so I'm, with, I'm there with you. He's, he's with you by yourself, but yeah. something supernatural happens when we're together yeah. with other believers. Mm. Absolutely. Bearing one of those burdens. Yes. This is the verse I thought in Galatians yeah. 5 of, he didn't just say like, you know, know each other's names. Yeah. But right. bear each other's burdens. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's deeper yeah. community. And that's where I you usually like, yeah, you know, hold up. Yeah. But it's like, I need that and I need to do that for people, yeah. both. And there's joy in both having your burdens bore by others mm-hmm. and bearing the burdens of others. That I think yeah. there's joy right. both ways. Yeah. And that the reminder of hope for me, and, and I mean, of course it's always the same, I think, is that it has to be in community. How do you feel hope apart from other believers in, in yeah. Christ and uh, I know in, in week two of Advent, we're going to be talking about how uh, Christ, uh, God's love is fully, it's fulfilled in the way in which we love each other, yeah. and that's true community. It's perfectly perfect. Um, 
but to to when I hear your story of hope, when I hear your story of hope, like I can almost just not speak. Like I'm just listening and going, man, that's like you got finished telling your story a minute ago. I couldn't even respond. I was like, yeah. God, it's so beautiful. It's just beautiful. And like, all right, Kurt, you're, you, you talk because I get, I get like, <laughs> I know. hardly. This is the first podcast we've done. Where I'm, I mean, like literally tears come to my eyes just thinking of these things mm-hmm. and the people like right now. I mean, just seriously, like the people in our lives that are this for us um, have been this for each one of us and for every. Yeah. And I wonder, man, as you're, as you're talking, I'm sitting here wondering like how many people listening right now, how many people watching this right now? If you feel hopeless, yes. are you by yourself? Mm-hmm. Like there's got there's a correlation there of just I'm just alone, right, by myself. You know, and that's yeah. where the enemy wants us. Mm-hmm. He wants you to stay there and feel defeated and feel like nothing can change, and it's dark and there's no way out. And I'm telling you, there's a light out there, mm-hmm. and it's Jesus Christ. It's, oh, it's being with other believers. We're not perfect, and it, it's messy, but that is that is the answer. Mm-hmm. I thought it's funny about the Christmas story. I was thinking this. You know, it's funny. It doesn't say a wise man went to the stars. It says wise men. It doesn't <laughs> right, say God yeah. gave the message to a shepherd. Yep. Gave it to shepherds. Yeah. Because so, in community, they could share this hope together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's good, man. I, uh, that's good stuff. I don't know. You, you don't have to follow that. I do think some of the common misconceptions, I'll just say what mine are, is I'll go, um, I'm not going to tell them that. I, like, people got it worse off than I do. I'm not going to talk about my silly little right, things that yeah. bring me down no you have you got to do yeah, that you got to right. you got to get it out there um or you know like you were kind of saying like well, they don't really care they don't care i mean not yeah. they're there but they don't do they really care mm-hmm. but if you're in true community oh yeah one yeah, of those common that, things i would hear burden bear the burdens like, right that was it one of the most common things i would hear from teenagers would be i just didn't want to bother anybody with my stuff right like Almost always. So why they didn't talk about something or yeah. whatever. And so that's the greatest trick. That's, well, why I that's say a great trick of the enemy. Right. Right. And that's why I say fight for it. Cause yeah. it's gotta be that where you go, mm-hmm. no, that's a lie. And yeah. I need to, I need to well, share. Well, if you're having a hard time, uh, with that kind of transparency and that, uh, hopeless feeling, I, I mean, our Thursday night celebrate recovery yep. is one of the easiest places to do Absolutely. it because that environment is already there. It already exists. Yep. And that small group time is exactly where you'll walk in and you'll hear people here's where I'm at, man. Here's the, the hopelessness I feel. Yeah. And you can immediately relate and go, okay, yes, this is, this is real. This is honest, <laughs> right. you know? So yep. I know we could all testify probably oh, yeah. to yep. uh, the good. I'll be there tonight, that. Thursday night, seven o'clock. I started going campus. to CR when I was a teenager and we, that was, I was like part of the focus group for the, what is the landing now? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And it was, it was awesome. I remember mm-hmm. getting invited to it and I was like, cool, you know, and we yeah. talked about stuff. Right. And I was like, this is crazy. And it was so good. So, well, that's absolutely. a great place to start because yeah. it is an easy entry sure. into it and um, there's absolutely no judgment. So, well, guys, this is good, man. You guys have been honest today and uh, it, it's truly about Jesus brings us hope it and does. it's not, we can't find our hope in anything else. And you were, you said it, it is only in Jesus Christ from 700 year old prophecies to him finally arriving. Um, we're now 2000 years from his arriving and yeah. his advent, his coming mm-hmm. and his, his arrival. But there's going to be another one. There's a second advent. That's right. And that's, that is now where our hope that's in us, and it's going to be even greater yeah. when it's realized in, in the, the final consummation of all things, <laughs> you know, the, the new heavens and the new earth. Yes. I hope for that. Amen to that. I hope that's for right. that. For real. 
All right. Well, man, thank you so much for being Thanks, here with Trey. us today. Thanks, uh, look forward to the Advent season and uh, all the unexpected things we might experience in the process. Uh, go out and share some unexpected hope this week to somebody, whether That's it's right. yeah. sending them a little message or showing up to celebrate recovery or whatever it is to encourage someone uh, to, to see the hope of Christ in you. All right. You guys have a great week. Thanks, See you guys. guys. See you.